happy to bring in Ed Jovanovski now, former NHL defenseman and Panthers TV analyst. Uh, Jovo, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Sorry, a little bit of a hectic day. Getting the kids and <laughs> you know that you, you know that drill. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, for so, sure. Um, yeah, but everything's good. Thank you. Are you uh, are you traveling or are you uh, any travel at all? Or are you just in studio stuff? I'm just in studio and at home. You know, don't have the um, just doing the two guys on the road with uh, Moeller and Goldstein, and um, yeah, just enjoying the uh, roll back home. It's been a fun year to cover them. Definitely at home. You know, been a pretty electric team there. Yeah, exciting year to cover them. Obviously, a ton of talent. They score goals at a, a crazy clip. Uh, how, how do you feel they're they're built for the playoffs? You like the way they stack up against a pretty competitive Atlantic Division? Well, I I, I, I gotta believe so. And I, I, the only reason I say that right now is just because they're finding a way, you know, to score goals. I know yesterday only getting a couple, uh, but but certainly come playoff time, they gotta find ways. And hopefully, leading up to the playoffs. They're in games where they're tight and they find a way to, you know, to win the game playing well defensively, but there's no shortage of offense. You know, when there's a key power play or they need a goal, they all seem to be sniffing in that area and finding a way to get it done. But, but certainly as we all know, come playoff time, your star players are checked a little bit harder. The, the ice becomes a little bit limited out there and um, it's a little bit tougher, but the depth is something that this team has and you shut down a couple lines you know, their third line can get it done. So, you know, it all needs to come together. But but certainly, I think defensively, you know, things need to tighten up a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on last night's game, on, on what the Leafs saw out of Florida. Uh, we know that they were coming off of a lengthy road trip. I know there was a, a home stance uh, between them. But nonetheless, uh, what did you see last night? Did they Did the Leafs come close to seeing how good Florida could be? Well, I think in spurts, I think we all saw, you know, when Florida really kind of, they're really a puck possession team, which a lot of the NHL tries to to be like nowadays. And, um, you know, when they do possess the puck, they're very tough to, you know, tough to defend. Uh, Yesterday, I thought the team was a little bit disconnected, you know, from the defense to the forwards. Um, You know, I thought Toronto had a little bit more jump. Maybe it's... you know, they both run back-to-back nights. Um, you know, but overall, I, I think when it comes, you know that Toronto's a good team. And the whole Atlantic division, you know, it can be, you know, whatever, pick your poison, I think, in a lot of certain areas. But I, I thought yesterday, um, you know, they just didn't have it at certain times and in, in key times. And then, you know, your special teams, as we all know, is a huge part. Um you know, and you give up a couple of those and, and you don't cash in on yours, it could be the difference at the end of the game. But I thought Toronto yesterday, for the most part, was the better team. Um, but overall, I think we've seen them a couple more times here. It's amazing. It's the first time we saw them. Yeah. You know, so it's good to kind of get them, you know, started and, and know what you're going to be up against. Jovo, this season, uh, Aaron Ekblad seems like he's become one of the best defensemen in the NHL, obviously a crucial part of what they've built down there. Um, what are your thoughts on how that lineup looks without him? And, and just your thoughts of him coming back. I think it's six weeks and a high ankle sprain. That's a, a fairly tight timeline. Yeah, and we all know, like, the, I was always told, you know, a doctor told me one time, but sometimes it's better to break your ankle 
rather than the high ankle sprain. I, yeah. I, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, sometimes, you know, with all the ligaments in there, you don't know how this is going to unfold. I spoke with him actually yesterday, finding out how he's doing. He's making great progress. I think he's going to get his skate, uh, his foot in the boot here coming up soon. So hopefully, you know, the team can get him, you know, skating before and hopefully, or fingers crossed, get in some games before the playoffs because not as easy as flipping that switch, especially with the intensity in the playoffs. But this team is a different group with Aaron Eckblad in the lineup. Let's not kid ourselves. He's a minute muncher. He's had an exceptional year. And over the years, his game has just evolved. And, you know, this year he's definitely been in that Norris conversation. I know Makar and Yossi are, you know, the one-two, but he's definitely in that conversation. It was unfortunate to see him go down, especially back-to-back years kind of, you know, at that time. But he's a... He's a huge part of the team, and hopefully have him back. Um, how they stack up without him, I think, you know, the acquisition of Haig and, and uh, Sherrod. Sherrod's a horse, a big man. He can log a lot of minutes at Nexon playoff last year. So I think in the meantime, him playing with Uyghur is going to kind of fill that void. But certainly uh, the team is hoping and, and everybody's praying that uh, we get Aaron Eckblad back. We're speaking with former NHL defenseman Ed Jovanovski, now president uh Panthers TV analyst, uh, when it comes to the goaltending of Spencer Knight and goalie Bob Bobrovsky, are Panther fans as, say, nervous as Leaf fans have been the last, uh, what, uh, three, four weeks here in Toronto with their goaltending? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, look at the, you know, Kipper, you know, the markets are different, so you know, you, you get the conversation of, you know, for this team to have success, you know, their goaltending needs to be the old Bob. And, and we've seen that this year. He's been, he's been excellent. Um, but, yeah, this team, I think, like any team, I think it's going to go as far as the goaltender performs in your team defense. And it's not always hinging on the goaltending. Most of it is you need that big save and you need to find a win those low-scoring low games. But, um yeah we're we're hoping that you know he uh you know he continues to play solid and and his confidence is there and i I think this year he's made you know great strides it's always tough coming in a new situation it's been a few years now for him I, i think he's a lot more comfortable with the system i think the defense is definitely shored up a little bit we're not giving up those grade eight chances now mind you you know, the team can play a little loose because they're, you know, sometimes they have that two, three, four goal lead and things tend to loosen up and, and you're giving teams some other chances. But come the playoff time, I, I think they're comfortable with both, to tell you the truth. I think, you know, Knight's been kind of running here a little bit. You can see his improvement kind of as this year went along. He went down to the minors for a little bit. He's had a little bit of the bulk of the, of the action now. He's played well. He's young, right? I mean, it's always tough to throw you know, kid into the fire. But I think if anything goes a little bit sideways, I don't think they're, they're one bit hesitant or Bruno is, you know, to throw to throw Spencer into the net. You know, one thing that stands out for, for me is just, you know, when I look at Florida and Toronto is Florida has this physical element, the number of guys who really are able to bring that edge um, you know, how much of their identity is that? I guess I was just fixated on Radko Gudis being involved in every physical moment last night. But is that a part of, you know, the way that this team wants to play? I, I think so. I think so. And, and when you look at this team kind of in the past, it was something that has been lacking. You know, guys taking liberties in front of the net. You don't have those bodies. Now you got, 
you know, you got Sherrod, who's a 230-pound guy. You got Gudis, who never really pays attention to the puck unless he has it on a stick. He's looking to <laughs> kind of move guys around and hit and hit guys. And, and you kind of go up and down the lineup. Sam Bennett, what a great acquisition that was. He's a typical playoff guy where he gets in hard on the forecheck. Even guys like who's not familiar with that physical part of the game. You watch Huberto now. You know, he's getting into it because he's getting that spe- little bit more attention, obviously. So he's kind of battling back and having that physical element. But, you know, Lomberg and he kind of, you know, Marchman as well. So you got some bigger bodies, you know, up front that get in hard on, on the forecheck and try to separate, you know, the puck. And, um, you know, I think up and down the lineup, I think they're well balanced in that area. But uh, as we know, you know, the top line is is a puck possession team and they really have the puck and with the acquisition of Giroux, you know, that line can be really dangerous. You mentioned uh, Bruno, the head coach, uh, Andrew Burnett. It's uh, just just speak a little bit to the evolution of uh, of his coaching career and uh, and now trying to take a team that everybody believes should be contending for a Stanley Cup. And you've played enough playoff games to know what coaching means this time of year with line matchups and motivation and pushing the right bus- buttons, making the key decisions. Uh, is is Bruno ready for this? I, I believe so. You know, when I, when this first kind of came down the whole unfortunate incident, you know, with the coaching change and how all that unfolded, I ran into him and he's like, Jova, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you, know, you, talk to him, you, you, you know, you talk to him now and, and you can see how calm he is on the bench, almost like how he played, right? He's really kind of mm-hmm. that calm player, just kind of got it done. And, you know, he's got the players, you know, respect. And I think they really look to him on, in key areas to, you know, to find the right solution. But I, I think for him, he's played enough playoff games. He's been around solid coaching staff throughout his career. So I, I think now he's surrounded himself with some very, you know, smart guys that are with him behind the bench. And, and I think, um, you know, as you go along this, you go along this, to, you know, together as a group. You know, I think there's going to be some trying times. There's going to be some adversity. How the team responds to it, you know, hinges a little bit, you know, on the coaching staff and they can do all the preparation they want. But at the end of the day, I think the players, recognize the position that they're in. They kind of been there, you know, the last couple of years kind of teetering and, and they got a good taste of it last year, you know, with Tampa being close. So I think kind of taking the next step and with the coaches and all the players buying in kind of hoping that this is the year for them. And Joe, well, there'd been times when Florida uh, and the fan reception had not been, you know, amazing. And there are times when the fans there are great. How, are they excited right now that this team is a, a few points out of a president's trophy spot right now, as good as they are with the chances they have? Is there a little bit of a buzz in Florida for this team now? There is. And it's exciting. I got Montreal here, here tomorrow. The team hasn't been on home ice for a few weeks. So, right. I mean, it's... Um, you know, they had the trip and they came back, but they didn't play any games and then went back out for a few in, in Canada. So, yeah, I think the buzz is there. I think, you know, we all know this market is, is kind of what's hot at the time and the Panthers are hot right now. So it's definitely, uh, you know, a ticket that everyone talks about when they're at home. So, you know, the playoffs always had success. You know, when, when the team's in the playoffs, you, you know, you get the fans here. But as, as we move along this last little push, um, a lot of it's been talked about, you know, in the papers and on the radio and, and what have you. So everyone's excited. 
you know, for this group to do well. And, and you hear it in the players' voices too. They're in, they're in a position here where the team, the team management recognize that this team is close. And to have that confidence, you know, from upstairs to go out and make these moves to say, hey, guys, we're going to reward you with a couple top-end players, you know, to make this push makes everyone feel better. And the fans obviously recognize that as well. Well, the good news for everybody is the Leafs head down uh, south uh, a week tomorrow. We get to watch both these clubs do it all over again. Hey, Jovo, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. All right, guys, anytime. Thanks. Hey, Jovanovski. Now doing uh, color for TV uh, for t- for the Panthers on Bally Sports. You know, I I sometimes get the sense that there are concerns with Florida that are leaf like in terms of like defensive play, but ten seven every night if they play in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like uh, Huberto is amazing, but it can, can go score. both ways. Yeah, and questionable goaltending. Yeah, and keeping the uh, keeping the puck uh, out of their own zone. I- I didn't mirrors didn't love that decor for them. I, for minus Ekblad, they're they're a different looking group without Ekblad. Ekblad and didn't, Jovo talked about it. You yeah. don't know. Like I, what I'll tell you what I do know for sure that this thing has got no chance. And I'm talking about his ankle mm. of feeling remotely normal until next October. Yeah, it's one of those things where you go out there and they go, "How's it feel?" And you're like, "Well, bad." But it's going to feel bad, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it doesn't feel good. Forever. Can you play? Well, <laughs> incurable ankle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just going to feel bad, which is crummy. Didn't, didn't love, you know, it was nice of Sherratt to come on the show Friday, but didn't, didn't love him last night. You know, what's interesting too, with, uh, Andrew Burnett, uh, Owen Sound Platers legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah holds behind whole, the bench. Holds the all time record for points, the Owen Sound team. But the sense. What's a Plater? With Florida leaving is that. Joel Quenville is still around. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And I think he still has an influence. Really? Yeah. Huh. You could see it, though. Definitely. First of all, they loved him. Sure. They're still paying him. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Might as well get his two cents on things. Can, Can you watch the games and, you know... Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Or I, I don't Would think that it's a, be a stretch. I don't think it's illegal to have him on the group chat, is it? Not at all. Now, if you're Andrew Burnett, you're not making a couple of calls to Joel every once in a while and saying, "Hey, what do you think?" That the the thing that Jovo said there about him coming up to him was an interesting line. Saying, I didn't sign I up, didn't for, sign this, up yeah. for this. I was supposed to be. I was supposed to learn under Joel Quindle yeah. here, not be the guy. And now. They probably didn't want to pay someone else. Yeah, I'll be surprised if Joel Quenville is not reinstated at some point. With Florida. Somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be Florida, but. It's probably where it's, Joel wants it to be. I, I, I think I just he's pretty think, content. And, uh, I, I just think that uh, when, I, when I still look back at all of this, and here he is, only Scotty Bowman ahead of him, and yet he was the guy that lost his job in all of this. Mm-hmm. And without any real explanation still to this day of who knew what and when exactly, that to me is just really strange that I look at uh, a guy that should be celebrated for an incredible coaching career is out 
Yeah, I, I I mean, it's I'm so far removed from how it know, all went know, down I that I, I kind I mean, of you forget. Gotta, you got to jog your memory back yeah. now a little bit. Uh, I just interesting. It's though. just uh, I I I think there's still uh, if they're probably smart, you know, and and he's willing, which I some have suggested that he is that he could right. still help the team. You know, that so there's that scenario with Joel, and then there's the Mike Babcock scenario where he's another guy, I feel like, you know, totally different cases. I'm not trying to conflate the two at all. But, like, Babs is another guy who just feels like he's, like, kicked out of the league or something. For, you know, for what? He got fired from the Leafs, and, like, how is this guy? He's just not around. And I know he's at the University of Saskatchewan. Do you think he gets a job next year in the NHL? Yes. Do you? Not maybe next year, but I don't think we've heard the last from him. Do you? That's you think good, he'd uh, ever be an assistant coach? No. I don't know. Think he'd ever come yeah, work I, for a million bucks instead of five or six point whatever? Well, that's a big deal too, right? Yeah. Is can't make six and a half anymore. No. And you know what? After a year of making 90 bucks per week in the, you know, or whatever, I think he's working for free. Actually, he is with Saskatchewan. Um I bet he'd welcome a lower salary. Although, his contract with the Leafs has to be paid all the way through. So doesn't he just continue to get paid that and the new team picks he up a piece? He was smart when he did his contract yeah. where it was really front-loaded. Well, yeah. So if uh, good news is they don't have to cover the AAV. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. So if he's got like $2 million left, the That's team a, good could, point. a team can saw off half of it or whatever. And the Leafs would be happy to let him do it. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it would be an issue. Mike Babcock would have to be coaching a team that you think underachieved and could still win the Stanley Cup. You know what helps Mike's chances? Daryl Sutter. A guy who came in with that sort of authoritarian, my way or the highway, comes and takes over a team that missed playoffs last year, had a good roster, all of a sudden, kabam. Yeah, just best team it's honest. honest. <laughs> His post game comments. Oh, Daryl's killing Didn't it. Someone asked him about like Saturday night uh, looking like a an old eighties game. What would he say? There's no fighting or hitting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, nothing like an eighties game. Nothing like an eighties game. <laughs> what a guy! Oh my gosh, um, he's having fun. So you mentioned that uh, next Tuesday against the uh, Florida Panthers. Leaf schedule coming up here. You wanted to talk about it. We've got, uh, of course, a huge matchup tomorrow night. On Sports at 590, the fan. Leafs, Bruins. Led by Sammy McKee and yes. Gord Stellick and Brent Gunner. Gunning. Yep. We got the got the pre and post. Huge game. Huge. Yeah. So we assume Mrazic will get the start. Yeah, I would. I mean, if you don't start him after that game, you're probably never going to start him again. If you feel like Jack's up for it, do you slide him in? Thursday versus Winnipeg. I could use the the Jets to take an L before then, so they're maybe less motivated. The Jets need every win right now. Really motivated. I mean, there's no good game to get them in. I, I guess everyone. Well, Philly's a good Philly. Yeah, in Philly, in Philly. I probably go. I probably go Mrazek, depending on how he does against Boston. Think about him again on on uh, Thursday, and then look to Saturday for for a Jack Campbell debut if he's ready. This is one heavy stretch of hockey for the Toronto Maple Leafs to end the season, isn't it? 30 days uh, from now to the Leafs season's end, they play 15 times. So if you go start tomorrow, 15 games in 30 days to end their season. So 
Kipper, I'm looking at this and going, yeah, it's important to get your points, but you're in playoffs. You're going to play one of an excellent team, Florida, Carolina, Tampa, Boston. You're playing a great team. You can't even worry about that. Isn't it more important to come through this 15-game stretch with as many healthy bodies as possible? Of course you want to win, but boy, I'm looking at their decor. You got Muzzin coming back. Giordano's not young. You know, Riley, Brody, like, you need this decor intact. Do you give guys nights off? Do you think about rest in any capacity here, or are you just, you know, Sammy said before the show, you got to play. You got to play hockey. You can't not. What do you think? Who would you rest right now? If you could pick one regular, and I'm not talking Spezza, I'm not talking Wayne Simmons. If you could pick one regular to sit out, who's the top of your list? I don't know. Could Morgan Riley use a break before you get going into the stretch? He's the guy who's going to play 27 minutes, and then when the games get really important, I think John Tavares is why you're asking me. That's, yeah. that's my number one pick. Yes. Yeah. I think he's such a key in, this, in the number two hole that at, at some point, maybe it is the last five of the season. I, I think, I don't, I'm not sure what it looks like. Detroit is in there. Washington's in there and Philly's in there if you're looking at the last six games. Let me so ask you this. How between much Philly you... and Detroit, yeah. there, there could be a, a, night, or a two. night off. How much do you care about home ice? Like if it becomes clear yeah. you're going to be a 2-3 game against the Bruins, how, you know, how crucial does, does that become? Based on history, I want that seventh game at home. Yeah. Not the, do you want it in Boston? It before. Do you want it in Philly? Do you want it in Tampa Bay? Philly. Florida. Oh, I'm sorry, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, got, I mentioned Philly. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I you want do, it in Florida or Tampa Bay. And you've seen this team go to a deciding game four of the last four years. I got the sense from Sheldon's comments that they want home ice yeah. in the first round. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, they had home and ice last a, year. it's only a game seven scenario. Right? You, you know, don't really in. worry about it until it's the seventh game. Yeah. It doesn't matter where the, se- the seventh game is. I don't, if they couldn't beat the Habs in front of no fans on their home ice, where can they beat the beat somebody? I really a, a, On home ice in front of some fans, hopefully, where you can actually get some mojo? I don't know. I just... They got to win the first round. Percentages? Less, you want to go to your analytics? Yeah. Less than seven sure. games, please. You're game right. seven. It's 50-whatever percent. It's better it, than it's, it, losing. It, yeah. It is better than being on the wrong side. On the other team, you're all on the other side. You're also the better team because you're the higher seed. Anyway, yes, it's better to be at home. We know that from years of historical hockey data. So we mentioned uh, goaltending, questionable in Florida, mm-hmm. questionable in Toronto, mm-hmm. apparently questionable <laughs> Calgary versus Edmonton Saturday night. Yeah, that was a strange one. Was it Markstrom in net? Yep, it was. Yeah. I don't know, you know, I trust Markstrom, but he's been a little squirrely lately, so I'm spear yeah, the dude I'm in not San Jose. Saying, I, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards the Edmonton situation as well. Right. Again, Saturday night, Koskinen and, and Smith. Did you, did I, I sent you guys the Evan Bouchard play on the 6-5 goal, right? That Holy defense? smokes. Yeah, he got twisted up, didn't he? Well, it was like a combination of like no effort, no shoulder check, twisted up, lost. That was as uh, as silly as the other team can make you look. So, just people were commenting on YouTube about the Game 7 and the fans. I'm not sure fans in Toronto in a Game 7 in a first-round series would help necessarily. Why, more pressure? Can You know, there'd be some tight you-know-whats in that building. 
<laughs> and the second things start going any sort of any sort of squirrely direction, the way that people would feel in that building, the way people would be reacting towards the team, the the sort of reputation they've built up with their fans. I'm not sure fans in the building for a game seven would be such a good thing. I think it's better on the road. I honestly do. So just going back to JB here, where would you prioritize what you want to accomplish in the last uh, 19 games? Is it health first? Is it yeah, uh, yes, number one? But I don't. But I don't know how you prioritize well, that. I don't know what you do. Hockey. What's that? It's hockey. Yeah, I don't Guys, know how you prioritize it. Well, there's a lot of ways you can. You you roll four lines. You 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 know you. That's you, a good you, you avoid you avoid playing Mitch Marner 23 or 24 minutes if you're trailing. Super crucial down the stretch that right? Marner and those guys are seeing you 20 get day, a night, days not off. 24 a night. You. You give Mrazek uh, more starts than probably you would have thought if you were obviously still chasing a, a playoff spot. And you know how it is this time of year. I bet they almost never practice. I know there's some new guys, but I bet they, they practice very rarely down the stretch. The other thing for me, Kipper, is just getting a look at all your potential D pairs. You know, if you take the Leafs D right now and look at a healthy group and your left side is um, Riley... Uh, Muzzin, yeah. um, what am I doing? Giordano yeah. and Sandine. If you pair any of those guys with Brody, Labushkin, Lilligren, and whoever the other one is. But the point is, you could shuffle them up. I want to see them all. I like all, the, basically everyone, but Lilligren is going to have a run to be in the six on the first night, I think. Sandine going to be healthy? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got real decisions. I like Sandine as a Lilligren's seven. Lilligren's your seventh. If Sandine's healthy? Yes. And Sandine eight. Because I think you're looking at uh, Muzzin Brody. Um, Labushkin. Or sorry, Muzzin Hall, Riley Labushkin, Giordano, and yeah. Brody? Yeah. Something like that? Correct. I don't know, man. I want Sandine in the lineup. <laughs> I just don't know who, who you take Hall out, I guess, but then you mess with your handedness a little bit. Yeah. I I would rather have. He was shaping up to be a pretty important guy down the stretch before he got hurt. Sandine. He was. He was. I agree. I, I'm with you. It's it, They're in a good spot with their D. There's a lot of guys a lot of guys to like there. And, and again, I think Lilligren's been good since paired with Giordano. Interesting options for them. So now it's finding offense on the other side of things away from Matthews and Bunting and Marner because I feel like the D is so, pretty good. So let me throw my theory of this, the, third, the second line. I want to put McKay up there still. I want to try that again. I want the Varus on the, in the center, obviously. But the guy that, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about him in the chat today on YouTube, and a guy that Borney has liked and does not fit on that fourth line is Blackwell. Yeah. He's a guy that's played up in the yeah. in the lineup in other places. And We saw me, a few instances last night where he stepped up and played with Tavares, did we not? Yeah. yeah not, you, just, you know what? Just, just a little bit of a sprinkle. Right out of kills. Out of kills, they did it. Marner yes. would be on the PK. Tavares mm-hmm. would go over with Blackwell on the side. It actually was um, Nylander at first, and then they were like, oh, that's enough of that. So <laughs> I'd love to see a second line of Mikheyev, Tavares, and just give me a Blackwell chance. Give me How about Kasha? To... Well, I'm not yeah, making I... on anything. Kasha. All right, you want it? You want game one? Yeah. All right. We're doing lines? Yeah. Okay. I'll do it right now. All right. Bunting. Yep. Matthews. 58, 34, Marner. 16, you're doing it. 
Okay. McCabe. Yep. Tavares. Yep. Nylander. Ooh. Okay. Engville. Yep. Camp. Yep. Kasha. Ooh, it's a good line. Fourth line. Oh, here yeah. We go. Now you got Blackwell. Eleven. Kerfoot. Fifteen. What's Nye's wearing? Matthew Nye. <laughs> I knew it. Love it. 89. He's wearing 89 for Minnesota. But, I mean, so then Robertson just gets his number kicked to the curb, I guess? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> no, That's it. I guess he can't. I guess it. he can't. And uh, you you hope you stay healthy, and if you're not, then you've got Spezza to lean into. And, so you've and got Wayne none Simmons. of Spezza no. or Simmons in no. or Clifford in. No. No, it, and listen, if, if, if Knives is not there, then uh, it, Clifford gives you a better fourth-line feel than anything else out mm. there. But Kerfoot has to drop down to that fourth line. That, 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 That's just such a – that your fourth line is Blackwell, Kerfoot, Knives. How do you feel about that? I mean – Okay, find somebody else on the left side then. Clifford. Yeah. So what choices do you have? I don't know what no, Marley's, I know. A Marley? Well, no, it's Clifford Spezza or Simmons is the next guy this, in for sure. This conversation right here that we're having about the fourth line and trying to figure out and trying to have a guy that's not even signed to a contract on the Toronto Maple Leafs yet in Matthew Nyes is why didn't they make the Tyler Mott trade? Why didn't they just give yeah. a third why didn't they just give the third back to Vancouver for him? It's they got they got him for a fourth, right? The Rangers? Yeah, I agree, Sam. It's just a guy, they're, they're screaming out for one more guy. But, I mean, we're naming six pretty good players here. Could, between... could have been a cap issue. Could have been just, yeah, right? Yeah, but. Because they, they did leave two spot, two contracts open. That's a good point. For they college, college kids. They, they, this ever season too. Nye, Matthew Nyes has got, they, they signed the, Abruzzi. What's his name? Abruzzi. That's good enough for me. Abruzzi. So he got the one contract. So I think they're at 49. They had to leave one open for Matthew. I think you're right about that. Mm. So this uh, Abruzzisi, I'll try not to say his name too much, but was their fourth rounder in 2019. He had 33 points in 28 games with Harvard this season. Um, You know, that's obviously very good. He played uh, for the U.S. at the Winter Olympics, had four points there in four games. And is traveling with the team to Boston. He's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's traveling. He's going to play team. for the Leafs in the next week. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear that the the organization and the coaching staff and everyone is seeing the fourth line just like everybody else is. And it's just... They like, see one of these kids getting involved. Yeah. And it, it was hard to watch last night because I thought the Leafs played really well. And then, you know, a couple of times Simmons couldn't get the puck out. And Spets they had struggled. a couple of they, They're it's, struggling. It's tough to, it's, and it... In Gordo, you guys talked about it. It's hard to rag on them because the careers they've had and what they've meant to the Leafs and bringing them back and the guys coming home. But it's just the team has big aspirations here, and fourth lines are important in the playoffs. Ooh. Yeah. Grind so, line. So I'm going to take your line, and I'll flip it, and I'll do 58, 34, 88. So that's putting a Nylander with Matthews. I'll give John Tavares, Mitch Marner, uh, and then let him play with Kasha. So Tavares, Kasha on the side with Marner. And then you get to keep Engvall, Kampf, and Mikheyev as a line, which has been really good, and still have the same fourth-line problems as you. Which, What do you have on the fourth line? Give me well, a fourth line. You can't not play Blackwell and Kerfoot. They're, they're, they're your best guys, and, I, and I'm with you. I, okay. I agree with you on the fourth line. I just you, 
you know, when you talk about prototypical fourth lines, they don't have one. They just don't have one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe that's okay. You know what I find really strange too? And first of all, like, again, Spezza has given them everything and more out of Actually, his maybe, stint. Yeah. But this guy can't play 12 minutes a night. But every time the Leafs are down a goal, he's out there. He's out there. Yeah. It's really well, like, it's because strange. he, but he has an offensive upside. Like he can make a play around the net, make a pass. He can then play more than twelve minutes. He can't. He's old. Oh gosh. <laughs> then save him for the back half of the game. I will say, watching, I it's think really, I think you every time I watch Spezza like try to toe pull someone in the D zone and turn one over, and I'm just like, ah, that's not a fourth line that's center. Not, move. You know, I love him. I love him. I think he's so nasty. Um, love the fake clapper, love the classic clapper, love everything he does, love the guy. This is the luxury, though, for the Toronto Maple Leafs to spend the, the next 19 games figuring it out. Figuring it out. But will they? They've kept this damn first line together without a half shuffle for the whole season. Well, you know what the strange part of this is when I look, think about like the Leafs having this luxury of 19 games? Mm. Is 17 that, now, by the way. 17, sorry. Yeah, thank yep, you. Yep. Um, they have still on, are they on pace to have like a, a, oh, yeah. a franchise Like they're one of the year? greatest Leafs yeah. teams of all time. They really should be sweating it out for a playoff spot right now. They're going to finish seventh in the conference and be the best Leafs team ever. <laughs> That's like, not true, by the way. But Since November, this whole Eastern Conference has been decided. Can you imagine now, though, if, if, if just one team was on the outside that's still looking in. No one even How nervous. Close. Nobody's even close. No. But say say even Columbus yeah. had 10 more points. And it's not just the Leafs, yeah. but Boston would be nervous, you know? And it'd be yeah. like, oh, here, they're, be some they're, drama. they're all having career or franchise kind of uh, seasons. But yeah. if there was just one team knocking on the door, yeah how you would have felt differently about these last 17 games. I've actually liked the idea in other sports. In the NBA, they have like a play-in game where the 8-9 seed, is it 8-9-7-10 that yes. play in? in the, the, NBA. the NBA. Yeah, they played yeah. like a single That's game. so gimmicky. I love Couldn't it. agree more, Kepa. Oh, it's for, so for bad. For me, those teams, you're all the same. No. You're all the same. Play game to see who gets what's, in. I guess, what's the point of 82? Earn. Well, I just think. Earn your playoff spot or you're not good enough. A, point, a point in your guys' favor this year is I don't want to see the nine seed in the East play another the hockey game. Be you a don't play-in. deserve it. I know. That's what I mean. They don't deserve it. So you guys have a, a good point here. I could do an eight, nine play in in general, but this year it doesn't work in the East. But like, you know, it's going to be Vegas and Dallas. So the Raptors have to get in the, the, the legitimate playoffs. You got to get to six. They may lose in the first game. Yeah, well, they got to play, probably have to play Brooklyn. Which is not something you want to do on the road. No, they put they would be the home. That would be scene. home. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they got some good players. Don't yeah, well, they? And, yeah, they're pretty. <laughs> the last good. time I checked, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're Raps pretty in good. the six seed right now. Yeah, the Raps are in the six seed right now, and they're playing a banged up Boston Celtics team tonight. So there you go. There's some little Raptors takes. Any any bets for us, Bernie? I got bets. Let me have it. So I've been I've been into the whole bet builder thing lately, where you can parlay a couple events. The Coyotes are playing the Oilers tonight. The Coyotes are such long shot underdogs. So massive odds. Take it. Yeah. Well, I kind of like you're not going to probably not going to win. But if you bet them plus two and a half goals, you can kind of you can get to like minus 140. 
you parlay that with a over under of some kind, you can make some money. So I'm, I'll take him plus one and a half goals. That pays you, uh, still get plus odds on that, plus 120. Wow. It yeah. always happens this time of year. Always. So, these teams. Nothing to lose. Nothing just... to lose. And Montreal, Buffalo. Yeah. Columbus has done this many times, by the way. They go on a fake run at the end. And oh, and the everything looks almost positive. There. Jack up the season tickets again. Get yeah. them all excited. Yeah, if we play like we did down the stretch last year, look out. And yeah. everyone's like, you're not going <laughs> to. Um, you know, there's no odds in the Leafs game for Tuesday night yet. I imagine it's in Boston. Yeah. I imagine they'll be considerable underdogs. Yeah, probably slight dog. I mean, they got the exact dog. same record. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll wait to see what the exact number is before making a call on that. The other one is the Sabres are plus 152 in Chicago tonight. Chicago kind of stinks. Sabres are hot as hell. Uh, I would consider placing, throwing a couple money, a couple bucks at a couple of dogs tonight. Washington's going pretty well now. Yeah, I think of rolling a little bit. I actually haven't. They got Carolina tonight, I think. Yeah, they do. Vancouver, St. Louis, Buffalo, Chicago. You mentioned Arizona and uh, the Oil and the Kraken and the L.A. Kings. Turning point for Canucks in their season. They got St. Louis, St. Louis, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. They are sniffing around the fringes of a playoff spot. They have 15 hockey games left. Three of them against Vegas. Where do they need to go? 12 and 3? 73 points. Let's say they got to get to 97. Think 96? that high, 97. 96. So they need 12 wins out of their last 15 games? 12 and 3. 12 and 3? What do you think? I don't know. Teams have won 10 in a row. Yeah. Bruce, there it is. 11 and 4 might might get you close. Ooh, 11, 3, Canucks and 1. making it interesting. All right. Our thanks to Ed Jovanoski today, Panthers TV analyst. And what a great career he had. Stellatricity. Always great to have Gord. The best. Sammy, we good, pal? Feeling good? Nobody <laughs> slapping anybody when we leave, eh? Nobody. No slaps today. Our thanks to Derek, Jennifer, JB. Always a pleasure. And most Thank of you, all, buddy. all of you for watching and listening to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Back tomorrow, teeing up Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Boston Bruins. Have a great night, everybody.